0: This show was played live on Friday night. Now we are going to play the repeat of Friday Night Live. Please do not call or text to participate in the show. Any announcement made in the show may now not be applicable.
1: As-salamu alaykum and welcome to another edition of Friday Night Live on Friday the 13th of July 2018. I'm your host Abdul Akbar, beaming out from Luton and surrounding areas tonight, and we're beaming out to the good people of Luton, of course, and also to the good people of Nottingham, Sheffield, Derby, and Peterborough through our partner stations across the nation. So welcome to all of you tonight. Top stories coming in live from the wire is that Donald Trump has said that a US and UK trade deal is absolutely possible after talks at Chequers with uh, Theresa May, our Prime Minister. Mr Trump and his wife uh, Melania later had tea with the Queen at Windsor and thousands of people are also protesting in London and Luton against Mr. Trump's visit. We'll be going live to the scenes in Luton to understand exactly what is going on. If you didn't see it earlier on today, a large balloon portraying the president as a baby has been floated in Parliament Square as part of the demonstrations. Other protests are taking place across the UK on Friday and Saturday, that's a top story tonight in the UK, but also a top story coming out of Pakistan. Because if you haven't heard already, horrible news: scores have been killed in bomb attacks on poll rallies. That's right, a suicide bomber has killed at least 85 people and injured about 150 in an attack on a campaign rally in southwestern Pakistan. According to officials, they say that a provincial candidate was among the dead. In In the town of Mustang, earlier a bomb attack on another election-related gathering killed four people in the northern town of Banu, and there are fears of further violence ahead of the general elections on the 25th of July. Meanwhile, former Pakistani Prime Minister Nawaz Sharif was arrested after flying home from the UK. Sharif and his daughter Mariam were taken into custody by officials from the National Accountability Bureau, that's the NAB, after landing in the northern city of Lahore. The three-term PM was ousted last year after a corruption investigation following the leak of the Panama Papers. Last week, as you may know, he was sentenced to 10 years in absentia and now he's landed. So Nawaz Sharif has officially landed in Pakistan and he is well and truly in a cell tonight with his daughter. And that is the breaking news right now, which is a suicide bomber has killed at least 85 people and injured about 150 in an attack on a campaign rally in southwestern Pakistan, according to officials. They say that a provincial candidate was among the dead in the town of Mustang. Also, as I've just mentioned, former Pakistani Prime Minister Nawaz Sharif has been arrested after flying back to Pakistan from the UK today. Sharif and his daughter Maryam were taken into custody by officials from the National Accountability Bureau after landing in the northern city of Lahore my question to you tonight is very simple, which is twofold. One is, Trump is in the UK and he's been visiting London yesterday and today. And you can see that there have been a whole plethora of protests in London and in Luton. And what's really interesting here is that not many people, at least the people that I know and many Muslims indeed, are not happy that he is visiting the United Kingdom. I want to know what you think. Is Trump welcome? If he was coming to Luton, for example, do you think Trump would be welcome in Luton, in Peterborough, in Sheffield, in Derby? 01582-481822. If you call, you'll get through live on the radio. Um, I want to know if you would welcome him. Like, if Trump said, I want to visit a mosque or I want to come and meet the Muslim community in the UK should he be welcome given the kinds of things that he has said about Muslims and minority groups and immigration and there's one part of me thinking actually yeah we should let him in we should welcome him we should show him what Muslims are really about that we are a peaceful people that we are ordinary people just like you and me Um, we have bills to pay we get up in the morning, sometimes we don't feel like going into work, um, sometimes we're late for work, just like everybody else. And I think part of me thinks that actually Donald Trump doesn't quite understand that Muslims are just like ordinary Americans and like ordinary British people and that our religion really has no effect on On any of that oh one five eight two four eight one eight double two is the number to call of course we are leading with the story that Donald Trump has arrived in the UK yesterday and he's been visiting Theresa May he's had talks this morning and he's also just met the Queen at Windsor Castle and joining me tonight uh, is none other than my very special co-host on this program it is of course Zafir Iqbal Saab. I hope you've had a good week sir.
2: Uh, I have indeed. Like
1: okay. A did, you, just off, did you you got to tell me, did you get a chance to see baby Trump uh, out there, outside the Houses of Parliament today? I see
2: lots of pictures of it, but not actually see it itself.
1: Massive. This is a six metre high... Uh, tall I wasn't, kind of, I wasn't in London. Today. I was working from home. So. You oh, you're working from. Oh, lucky you! Look at you working from home. But you know, you know what's interesting is that um, I, I've been looking at the videos as well. I never got to go, go to go and see it because they only literally let it go up a couple of hours ago, and it would have taken too long to get back from London to Luton. But what I can say is that it didn't go actually that high. I was hoping it would go higher than let's just say Big Ben. But according to the videos that I've seen, it hasn't actually gone as high as I would have liked. We're going to be talking about Brexit a little bit later on as well, because you have probably saw the spate of resignations which took place last week from none other than Boris Johnson, but also the Brexit secretary, um, David Davis. But um, before we actually do that, I do want to get some views on uh, this from a very special guest. His name is Mohammed Jalal, and he's a lecturer in UK politics, Assalamu alaikum, Jalal.
3: Salam
1: Thanks for joining us. You're live on the radio. So, um, do you want to? Should, should I call you Mohammed or Jalal? Uh, Muhammad's fine, brother. Muhammad's fine. So So, um, brother Mohammed, tell me, what's your take on the Trump
3: visit? What's your analysis of what you've seen so far? Well, I mean, uh, if you watch the uh, press conference today uh, with uh, Theresa May. Uh, you would have left thinking uh, that we had two presidents. We had the president yesterday uh, who um, uh, uh, conducted an interview at, with the Sun newspaper, and he slammed, in effect, Theresa May's uh, uh, solution to uh, to Brexit after the Checkers meeting. And then we had today, which was a far more emollient uh, Donald Trump, who lavished praise on, on Theresa May, saying what she was doing was was okay and and her approach was was fine by him, but we see a rather schizophrenic president. And I suppose underlying that, um, what you find is uh, the American position at the moment towards Brexit is they wish Brexit will be the beginning of the end of the European Union. So uh, mm-hmm. Donald Trump has has made no uh, has not hidden the fact that he would rather the European Union was was weakened from mm-hmm. within and that's why he's been uh, helping and aiding uh, a number of the right-wing groups he uh, he he was quite happy to see uh, the new Italian prime minister who who's who's very much on the right and and uh, uh, the Republicans have favored a lot of the nationalist groups so uh, so you think
1: so, so brother Maham, you think that actually the reason why Donald Trump is in favour of a hard Brexit. And if listeners are thinking, what is a hard Brexit? What what is a soft Brexit? We'll be talking about that in about half an hour's time, exactly going through the different versions of Brexit and how it impacts people who are living here from Europe and maybe from other parts of the world. Um, But, Brother Mohammed, tell me one one other thing, which is um, you mentioned something really interesting because I also saw these reports, and, of course, it was on The Sun newspaper front page today, which is basically where Donald Trump did give the did did give this interview with um Donald Trump and the Sun whilst he was in Brussels before he flew over yesterday and he effectively said that Theresa May's strategy on Brexit which is more of a softer Brexit is going to impact the kind of deal that she gets. And he was saying the deal is basically off, according to The Sun. And if you listen to the audio recording that the newspaper made of Donald Trump, he clearly does say it's going to be off the table or very difficult, or to quote him, will be absolutely um, impossible. But today, as you mentioned, in the press conference outside Checkers, with Theresa May, he's saying will absolutely be possible. So a US-UK trade deal will absolutely yeah. be possible. That, that, that does sound schizophrenic
3: as, you, as you're describing. What's going on there? Well, it seems like uh, yesterday, I mean, um, uh, from all accounts, uh, Tom Newton-Dunn, who, who interviewed him, mm. suggested that he, he, uh, he went beyond uh, what he originally intentioned in that interview. So I think yesterday his latent sort of deep feeling came out in that interview, and uh, Newton Dunn mentioned that Sarah Sanders, his press secretary, was uh, was nearby, and she was frantically trying to get him to to to, to stop. Mm. Uh, so, so I suppose there is this underlying, uh, you know, and one can't one can't just think it it was a an unscripted moment, and he had he had made a mistake. There's an underlying. I suppose, strategy that, that the United States has had. And by the way, this strategy is not a new strategy. Uh, it predates Donald Trump, and that is to keep the European Union weak. Donald Trump sees Brexit as an opportunity to weaken uh, the European Union. Uh, and so he, his, his, uh, his approach is really, once he, once he realized that uh, Theresa May wants the softest Brexit as possible, and that's what's come through after this Chequers meeting, uh, he, he sort of sent, uh, I suppose, a signal out through this interview that uh, that's something that the Americans wouldn't tolerate.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, I, Also, the Sun interview also asked Donald Trump about what he thought about Sadiq Khan. And we know that Donald Trump and Sadiq Khan have been having a kind of tit-for-tat debate on Twitter for a while, um, which heated up a few months ago. On the back of some of the comments that Donald Trump made um, earlier, but yesterday, specifically Donald Trump was quoted about saying about Sadiq Khan, take a look at the terrorism that is taking place. Look at what's going on in London. I think he, referring to Khan, has done a very bad job on terrorism, according to Trump. I think he's done a very bad job on crime. If you look all the, about all the horrible things going on there with all of the crime that is being brought in. So clearly Donald Trump has got issues with Sadiq Khan. And my question to you is, do you reckon he's just got an issue
3: with Sadiq Khan? Frankly, I'm going to put it out there because he's Muslim. Yeah, undoubtedly. Um, and I think he's he, he's thinly veiled, you know, a, a very strong, you know, uh, Islamophobic uh, stance towards, Sadiq Khan. Mm. I mean, by the way, the Sadiq Khan statement was actually incorrect. So Sadiq Khan is, is, of course, mayor, and and devolution uh, to the mayorals, uh does not include anti-terror policy. So or immigration. A, it's right, Sadiq Khan, is, and or oh, immigration. You're right. So Sadiq Khan isn't responsible for those two policies, if those policies were were uh, mishandled. Right? There are uh, the policies of Theresa May and her government. Uh, you know. In Trump's universe, and the universe of Trump's followers, I suppose, uh, when they uh, when they see Trump say what he says, they will never really read uh, you know it, the details, and so for them it's enough for Trump to say that for, to confirm uh, their ingrained biases. Uh, so to, mm. you know, Trump is using Sadiq Khan as a as a way to. You know, and in the next statement, he talks about immigration and how immigration has led to uh, terrorism. And the Germans have allowed in a million Syrians and the terrorism problems increased. You know, he's trying to conflate these whole complex issues. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, in summary, Muslims equals terrorism. Uh, and if you allow less Muslims in, you're going to have less terrorism.
1: You're going to have a safer country. Interesting. Well, um, Brother Mohamed I'll just hold the line there for a moment because listeners, if you're tuning in right now, you're listening to Friday Night Live. We're beaming out to the good people of Luton and surrounding areas tonight. And we're also beaming out to the good people of Peterborough, Sheffield, Nottingham and Derby through our partner stations across the nation. And we're talking about Donald Trump in the UK, Donald Trump in London tonight, talking to Theresa about the deal that he'll make, that the United States will make with Britain if there is a Brexit in the next few months, which there will be. So you can tell Theresa May frantically trying to make sure she can make a good deal with the United States because everything else, frankly, seems to be failing. We'll be talking about more about Brexit in around 15 minutes' time, so stay tuned for that, especially if you're wondering what the difference is between a hard Brexit and a soft Brexit. We'll be talking to the head of politics at a well-known college. In London Who's going to be giving us the lowdown on that But before we do that I am going to introduce back A special game That's right, we're going to be playing Guess the Voice And all you have to do Is guess these two voices To win a very special prize We're not going to tell you what that prize is Until the end of the show But you've got to be in it To win it so guest voice is coming up. So can you guess this voice?
4: Here it comes.
1: Who is that? Can you guess the voice? Can can you guess the voice? Sorry? You can you guess the language? You can guess the, guess the language is probably easy. But guess the voice. I'm going to play that voice one more time.
4: Allah Ta'ala ka shukar hai ke ye social media na sirf social media pe hai
1: Can you want to translate that, sir? No. I thank God that this social media is on social media, something like that. It doesn't matter what this person is saying. It's about guessing who this person is. One more time.
4: (laughs) Allah Ta'ala ka shukar hai okay that's
1: voice number one here comes voice number two are you ready for this can you guess the voice
5: mm, who could that be so voice number one was definitely a
1: lady voice number two. Definitely a bloke. Who is it though?
5: Unsapka
1: <laughs> don't give us the answers if you can guess, but do you have a reasonable idea who they are? Oh, I think so. Alright listeners. 1582481822. The lines are open right now. If you want to guess the voice and win a prize at the end of the program. Every correct answer will be put into the fusab and we will be pulling out one random correct answer, one random name from the hat. So 01582481822 is the number to call to play guess the voice. Here comes voice number one.
4: Allah taala ka shukr hai ke ye social media na sirf social media pe hai.
5: And
1: one more time, voice number two.
5: Un sab ka shukriya kar
1: I am getting lots of WhatsApp messages guessing the answers. You can't play Guess the Voice by sending us WhatsApp messages, I'm afraid. I've got to hear your voice if you want to guess the voice. 01582481822. If you know Friday Night Live, there's two things that do not happen on this program. No social media and no nasheeds. non-stop chatting so can you guess those voices 01582481822 i'm gonna go back to my topic on donald trump in london as ever some before we go back to muhammad jalal who's on the line i want your take specifically on exactly the situation that's going to happen um with donald trump you, you reckon
2: with the uk do you think he's going to give the uk a good deal <clears throat> I mean, that, that's, the, that's the, um, the carrot that uh, Brexiteers have been dangling in front of, um, in front of the public, really, is and the fact that uh, with Europe, um, all corners of Europe need to be happy before a relationship, or a business relationship could be struck uh, with America, and in particular, I would say, likes of India as well um but the the, the issue is y- you don't know under on, on what basis that relationship is going to happen um and uh and, and really really I, I think that the it will be good uh, expectation is is that the 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 relationship uh would be based on an accurate, equitable um I, I guess the special arrangement that Britain and, and America had for many years or reported to have had for many years uh, but uh the the message that 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 uh, Trump has been, you know, sending across everywhere yes. uh, is the fact that, um, you know, America first, America first. So you don't know whether, it, whether whether the special relationship has any meaning or not. And I was watching uh, Newsnight yesterday, and, and they had uh, Michael Heseltine on, who uh-huh. was, used to be the uh, uh, one of the ministers in, in, in Thatcher's government many years ago. Yeah, and he, he was saying that. Uh, Basically, there's nothing special about the special relationship. Yeah, uh, America's always, it's, it's always been America first, uh, but it's been behind doors, behind closed doors and uh, discussion. And this guy is just basically conducting his business in open. And, and you know, you're seeing uh, what America first, um, you know, uh, policies is really about. All right, Muhammad Jalal, what's your take on this? Uh, I take on, on, sorry, if
3: you repeat the question.
1: Yeah, so the question is, do you reckon that Donald Trump is just calling Theresa May's bluff? Will he actually give a good deal when push comes to shove?
3: Well, I mean, it, it, it's a bit complicated, actually, because um, uh, Britain, uh, at the moment, uh, by all estimates, 40% of Britain's trade uh, is with the European Union. Uh, now, if that trade is severed, uh, can Britain make back uh, that trade in quantity as well as in, in, in actual qu- quality? Uh, with the United States. Most analysts argue it probably can't, right? Yeah. And so but Britain will need to ensure it, uh, it develops a raft of trade deals around the world, in particular with the growing power of China. Uh, so the United States is, is just one of many countries that after, if there is a Brexit, and by the way, I, I still think there is a question mark as to whether a Brexit would actually take place. And we can discuss that. But if there is a Brexit, you know, the United States is going to be just one market that Britain will be able to, will, will want to trade with. But the problem for Theresa May is her, her white paper that she wrote today actually severely uh, restricts uh, the amount Britain can actually negotiate a trade deal with the United States. So but Theresa May is trying to sort of uh, have a foot in Europe and, and still have the ability to trade with the world. Most people argue that's not going to be possible.
6: Mm.
3: You can't really have a, 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 a free trade arrangement with Europe uh, uh, and so get all of the, uh, the the rights of that free trade agreement without the responsibility. So yeah. I, I'll give you an example. Norway uh, is uh, part of the European Economic Area, the EEA. Uh, but Norway has to uh, keep its, uh, its, most of its uh, regulatory uh, uh, laws in alignment with the EU. Mm-hmm. Uh, that means that it's very difficult for Norway then to make a trade agreement, say, with the, with the United States. Because in effect, the United States is dealing with a European Union country in all but name.
1: Yeah, right? yeah. So
3: it's, it's a very complex thing for, for Britain to argue that it, It's really going to be able to negotiate a free trade agreement. Unless, of course, it completely severs its ties. Uh, with the European
1: Union okay thanks very much for that analysis Mohamed Jalal we do appreciate your time on tonight's programme and what we'll be doing we'll be calling you back to get some analysis from you on the Brexit situation so we'll be calling you back later on tonight thanks so much take care Assalamualaikum yeah. okay well there you go That's Donald Trump in London. So in case you haven't heard, a US-UK trade deal will absolutely be possible, according to Donald Trump, after he told The Sun newspaper literally yesterday that Theresa May's Brexit plan could kill an agreement. Now he's calling The Sun's reporting of his interview fake news. Classic Donald Trump trade there. Uh, Zafrasa, what's your take on that?
2: Classic. Just um, it's a massive flip flop, isn't it? But but allegedly the son has a recording of what he said, so I think that's that's been on the internet. People are able to actually see what he actually said. So yeah, uh, I don't think you can claim fake news if that the evidence is there. But you never know.
1: There you go. There you go. Anyway, we're going to go back to our guest of voice competition. We've had some entries coming in, six or seven of you, actually WhatsApping us, but you can't WhatsApp to take part in the competition tonight. You have to call in and share your answers live on the radio. You don't have to give your name, but if you want to take part in the competition to play Guess the Voice, you have to tell us the answers live on the radio. Here comes the first
4: voice.
1: So who could that be? If you reckon you know, 1582
5: 481 822 is the number to call. Here comes voice number two.
1: <laughs> Who could that be? Well, let's go straight on to line one. Lots of you calling in right now. Uh, Mr. Shabazz, assalamu alaikum. Welcome, Go for it. Who was voice number yes. one? Uh,
6: Mariam.
1: Nawaz. You think it's Mariam Nawaz. Achha, okay, and voice number two? Imran
7: Khan. Sorry? Imran
1: Khan. You reckon voice number two was Imran Khan. Okay, well, Mr. Shabazz, thank you so much for calling. Listeners, if you agree with what Mr. Shabazz was saying, i.e., he reckons that this voice is Mariam Nawaz.
4: Thank ka shukar hai. Mm.
1: What do you reckon? Well, we're going to be taking more answers to these questions after the break. But listeners, this is Friday Night Live in Spy FM. We'll be right back after these messages. Don't go away. Stay tuned.
0: This show was played live on Friday night. Now we are going to play the repeat of Friday Night Live. Please do not call or text to participate in the show. Any announcement made in the show may now not be applicable.
1: As-salamu and again. welcome back to part two of tonight's edition of Friday Night Live. Of course, it's part two of four tonight. We are with you for another 90 minutes of action-packed current affairs debate and deliberation here from Luton and surrounding areas. Of course, you are tuned into 105.1 FM, Inspire FM, beaming out to the good people of Luton and surrounding areas tonight, and also going to our good friends across Peterborough, Nottingham, Derby, and Sheffield tonight through our partner stations across this nation. So welcome to all of you if you're tuning in. I'm going to go straight to um, Brother Makhloob on the line who's called in. so alaikum well, Thank you, you so doing? much for holding. How are you tonight bro? You're live on the radio. Wonderful,
8: wonderful. Thank
1: you. Wonderful. And where are you calling from tonight? Sunny Luton. Calling from Luton. Mashallah. Whereabouts in Luton? Berry Park. Uh, you're calling from... Moment, Sorry? Uh, uh, at this moment I'm on Libra. Lee Grave. Marshall. Are you a cab driver? Me, nee, nee, I'm a carer. Oh, mashallah, bro. That's a very blessed job, mashallah. Caring for uh, the people. So, bro, here comes the sounds. Here comes the, the voices. Tell me who's who. So, here comes voice number one. Let's see if the audience agree with you. Voice number one, here it comes.
4: Allah <laughs> social media,
1: Okay, that's voice number one. Here comes voice
5: number two. Okay, Mutlu, bro, go for it. Who's voice number one? Uh, I'm gonna guess the first one is Benazir Bhutto.
1: Okay, Benazir Bhutto is voice number one, you reckon. And voice number two? Is Imran Khan. Okay. All right. Uh, one more question for you, uh, Bro McLube. Um Are you happy Nawaz Sharif is arrested? Is uh, he actually been arrested or is he going to be arrested? He's in jail. He's, he's in jail now, bro. He literally flew back to Pakistan today. He landed in Lahore International. And um, they grabbed him by the you-know-what. And he's in a cell right now. Well, uh, you, I don't know. I'm
8: going gonna, I'm gonna to let the Lord decide and... Uh, I leave my comments to myself. You're the man. <laughs> All right,
1: that's a very, that's very a typical n- Luton thing, isn't it? <laughs> very neutral response, Mashallah. Thanks for calling, mate. We'll let no, you know if you, you won. Really
6: you don't really want to hear my response. No, we do. <laughs>
1: Listen, every caller on this program is just as worthy of Zafar Saab. Okay. okay, If he can, if he can uh, justify how he accumulated
7: his
1: millions, then let him go free. If what? what? He can't buy it. Legally then There you go. Well, they're, they're going
2: to gonna tip him upside down, right, and see what falls out of his pocket. Voice of reason there, Mahloub. <laughs>
1: mashallah, bro, you are on point. Thanks for calling, bro. Take care, yeah? Keep Thank listening. Assalamualaikum. That was Brother Mahloub calling and taking part in tonight's competition. Of course, if you want to take part in tonight's competition, all you have to do, listeners, is um, just give us a call, 01582. 481822. If you're wondering what competition we're talking about, we are playing Guess the Voice throughout the course of tonight's show. All you have to do is guess who these two voices are for a chance to win a very special prize. Are you ready for this? Here comes voice number
4: one. social social media media
1: Okay, who could that be? It's definitely a woman, but um, we've had a couple of guesses so far. We don't know if any of those are right. Do you agree with them or disagree? And if you agree, give us a call to put your name in the hat. If you disagree, give us the correct answer that you think is the correct answer. Here comes voice number two.
5: Okay, there
1: we go. Hospital Gabina <laughs> go? There you go. That's voice number two. Oh one five eight two four eight one eight double two to play guest the voice. But we are gonna go straight on to our second topic tonight, which is of course Brexit in chaos. As the Brexit secretary David Davis resigned last week. This is all on the back of Boris Johnson also resigning last week. It has made headline news throughout the course of the last few days, and it forced Theresa May into a reshuffle as well of the cabinet. So, what was going through your minds as this news was breaking because I do recall last week literally as David Davis announced his resignation you thought okay fair enough brexit secretary's gone um, and then Boris Johnson threw his name in the hat and he's also gone some are saying he has aspirations to be Prime minister and this is purely a stab in the back so that he can actually you know um, become Prime Minister fairly quickly if possible
2: well um, I think that the first thing was was mr. go right coming out and saying it's a great deal right go back it I'm for it Right. Yeah. But I didn't believe him. I thought he's just saying, "Look, people are going to stab her in the back." Right. It's not me this time. It's somebody else. Yeah. Right? That's what he was saying, really. Uh, but I, I think the the timing is interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right. So this paper is released, right? And you've got these resignations, and you've got Trump coming here at the same time, and it's, um you know, the gatherings in Europe. So I, I, I think uh, there's a there's the the Brexit sort of. Pro-Brexit people are trying to generate uh, some momentum behind their movement because I think it looks like um, it's too complicated to break away. Mm-hmm. There's just, just too many tentacles, right, that are, are holding UK within within Europe. And to undo them, right, it will be it'll be massively damaging. And, and people know that. I think people who, who are in the know know that. But you've got these strong characters, right, who really, uh, I suspect sometimes, whether they have the interests of the country at heart or they're on... Political careers, or whether they, they sort of stand to get loads of money, right from from the the uncertainty that's created by manipulating currencies, et cetera. I don't know, like they did uh, in you know when when uh, when Britain was about to join the euro. Mm. Uh, I'm not too sure, to be honest. I am I'm, I'm of the opinion that these people who are you manipulating this immigration crisis, right, so that they can get a windfall at the end of the day. These guys are just in it for themselves. They don't give up monkeys about the, com- uh, the country. Mm. Uh, I don't think they're any more patriot, right, than people who say they want to be part of Europe. Um, and I think people are beginning to realise that this hadn't been thought through properly. Well,
1: I want to try to understand what the difference is between a hard Brexit and a soft Brexit. And we're going to try to understand that in a very short while. But before we do that, let's quickly go back to our competition tonight. Lots of you calling in, so I'm going to take as many calls as possible from our lovely listeners across Luton, Peterborough, Sheffield, Nottingham and Derby tonight. i on the line right now. We've got Abdul. Salaam Abdul. Abdul, you fine, Salam. How are you doing, bro?
9: Yeah, I'm alright. You're all
1: right. Yeah, alhamdulillah. You're live on the radio. How's it going? How's how's your Friday evening going?
9: It's
1: quite good. Just came here from work. Nice one. What do you do for a living, bro? I'm
9: working as a financial
1: analyst. Masha'Allah. Oh, al- awesome. Ooh, man with the money. That's what I'm talking about. What do you while you're here? What what do you reckon about Brexit? Do you reckon Brexit's going to be good good for the UK or bad for the UK? I
9: reckon it would be a bad for the UK. Really? How comes? A lot jobs. A lot jobs will go. A lot companies going to move, even our company is a U.S.-based company, and uh, there a lot of chances they're going to say we're going to move from U.K. to Europe, any country like France, Germany. Mm. So there's a lot of chances that lot stuff will be redundant. so it's really, really bad.
1: Really good point. Are you, are you worried about your job, uh, Brother Abdi?
9: Now, if they ask me to relocate, I might relocate.
1: What if they ask you to go back to Pakistan? Would you go back to Pakistan?
9: Uh, Going to
1: Pakistan now, I won't I'm missing But yeah, that totally makes sense It it is an uncertain time Especially for people like you Who work in jobs that are international in nature You know, Um, I, I hear you Abdul, are you ready to play the quiz? Yes Let's do it, man Okay, here comes the voices Let's see, here comes voice number one And listeners, if you're listening as well you can take part as well by calling 01582 481822 Let's see if Abdi can play guess the voice it comes voice number 1
4: Allah taala ka shukar hai ke ye social media na sirf social media pe hai
1: Abdul Baib, who do you reckon that is?
9: Maryam
4: Nawaz
1: You reckon that's Maryam Nawaz Yes How so are you 100% 95% 100%. You reckon that's 100%? Uh, quick question. Yeah. Do you like Mariam Nawaz? Is she any good as a politician? Do you think she could be a future PM?
9: Uh, uh, I don't think so. She's the worst. Although. If she become Prime Minister, I don't know where the Pakistan is going to go
1: to. Really? Oh I my God.
9: Papi, I, I think Imran Khan is the best. He should be the next Prime Minister.
1: Okay, well, let's see, bro. Okay, and let's go to the second voice.
5: And everyone karta uh. Who is that? No, I'm Speaking
1: of the devil, you reckon? <laughs> Alright, well, um, thanks for calling, Brother Abdi. We're going to um, put your name in the hat, assuming you got the answers right. Let's see. Um, and thanks for calling and sharing your views. Take care. salamu alaykum thank you okay well that was brother Abdi and he is in it to win it so if you want to be in it to win it you've got a call as well listeners 01582481822 that is the number to call but let's go back to our Brexit topic I'm going to go back to my previous guest Muhammad Jalal in a moment but I do have a caller on the line we have Naeem Saab who wants to make a quick comment or question about Brexit Naeem Assalamualaikum alaikum assalam wa Thanks for calling tonight, you're live on the radio. What's your comment?
8: Um, I, I work in the pharmaceutical industry. Um, I work in an area called regulatory affairs, so we deal with the regulations, um, with, with medicines. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, looking at the, uh, the, uh, the Brexit issue, mm. we've got, a, uh, I think it's caused a lot of unnecessary headache uh, that we're having to deal with at the moment. Um, if we do, if it is a kind of like a hard Brexit where um, the UK is completely out of the EU, um, we've got currently we have a pharmaceutical manufacturer mm-hmm. currently located in the UK um, who carries out all the the manufacturing, the testing of a particular medicine that we use for gynecology mm-hmm. for IVF treatment. Right. Um, now, what will have to happen is that we'll now need to have an office in one of the EEA countries, so that one of the European economic countries um, would have to have a testing site there and the medicine would have to be released into the EU. No way. From one of the EU countries. So wow. It's, it's, from a business point of view, it's caused us quite a bit of... So,
1: well, is, it, uh, will every, so sorry to interrupt you, Nain, but uh, will every pharmacy need to do that or will that be something for a pharmaceutical company to do? It's more from a pharmaceutical company mm. that has
8: operations, um, mm. operations in the UK. Got it. Um, and that needs to import product into uh, uh, into the EU,
1: into the European economic area. Got it. So if you're like a, if you're a UK-based pharmaceutical company, and whereas now because we're part of the European Union, um, there's a free trade agreement between. Us and our European counterparts, because we're part of the single union. What you're saying is, if that, if we break up and there's a, there's a hard Brexit, you're going to you're going to need a local office in the European economic area in order to do um, cheap business or you know low cost business in that area.
8: Yeah, and and we're going to have to have a testing, what kind of like a quality control testing site. Right. Then, Europe and uh, a release site in Europe that allows the release of that product into the EU. Got it. Um, And are you a
1: pharmacist, bro? Are you actually a
8: pharmacist? um,
1: Well, I work for a pharmaceutical
8: company. I've uh, uh, studied chemistry at university, but I've been working in the industry for roughly about 15 years now.
1: And you're seeing the impact of some of the decision that this referendum that we had and the direct impact on your company, basically.
8: Yes, absolutely. It's, it's it's got some crazy, serious, uh, you know, implications in our on our company, and we're gonna we're having to like register. We're looking into, you know, you know what what Europe, European countries to uh, locate our um, affiliate office. Got it. Uh, as well. Got um,
1: it. Uh, can I yeah. ask you another quick question? Because another topic we've been talking about is Donald Trump in the UK as well. What, what's your take on that, Donald Trump? I mean, do you do you welcome Donald Trump coming in the UK? Are you are you a Muslim? <laughs> Uh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. um, yeah, I, definitely not. I, I think
8: he's uh, a very hard-lined kind of contentment, uh guy, and something. I'm, I'm, I'm very um, well. You, you know, we put a lot of restrictions on uh, certain other um, extremists. In the UK. Yeah, you know, for us, <laughs> certain other <laughs> in the UK. yeah. Uh, I'm surprised well, that we, ha- we haven't applied that same standard. Yeah, uh, you know Donald Trump. I know, heard
1: ex- Doctor Zucker Naik was prevented from yes, coming in the UK. Right. We're right. stopping yeah. Doctor Zakhar Zucker- Naik a decent human that's being, right. from coming in this country, and we're letting yes, Donald Trump, an indecent human being, coming in this country. But, but he's um, to be the president of America, obviously.
2: Well, yeah. Oh
1: my God. Well, look,
2: Naeem. That's
1: thanks. one way of
2: getting here, isn't it? So, if he was to become president of India, then yeah, maybe we'll come in.
1: Na'im, I mean? do you want to play the competition? By the way. Uh, what is it? <laughs> Alright, well, let's see if you can guess these voices. Here it comes. Check this out. Listen to this. Let's see if you can guess who this voice is.
4: Allah <laughs> ka shukar hai ke social media na sirf social media pe hai!
1: Who do you reckon that is, name? No idea. No? You don't no reckon idea. it's
8: Malala Yousafzai? Sorry, I don't know. Alright, no fair idea. enough. I haven't really heard her... No idea, sir. बोलते
1: do you do it? I have 23 people.
5: MashaAllah. Take care. Yes, I check. I have I can you,
1: <laughs> can you guess who that is <laughs> I love that
8: quote definitely Simran Khan
1: you reckon Simran Khan yeah <laughs> okay uh-huh. Name. thanks for calling if you got those answers right we'll add your name in the hat as well because you couldn't get the first one it's unlikely we're going to be able to do that but thanks for calling and sharing your views it's exactly what this show is about it's about sharing your views on the news and the topics we're talking about we want to hear from you 01582-481822 specifically I want to know if you would welcome Donald Trump in the UK And also, how Brexit is going to affect you in your trade. Now, um, some of you who listen to the program might know that I actually fly planes as well as a hobby, and um, it won't really affect flying that much, so I have a European private pilot's license, which is um, registered with the European Aviation Safety Authority, EASA, and these guys are saying, um, come Brexit or no Brexit, we're going to continue to work with the British Civil Aviation Authority with regard to pilots' licensing. So, pilots shouldn't be affected that much. But we don't know. We don't know until Theresa May really publishes the kind of deal she's going to make. Well, I've got uh, Muhammad Jalal on the line as well. We're going to get his take on that right now. So, uh, Muhammad Jalal, thanks for holding on there. You are a lecturer in uh, UK politics, so you have a lot of waiting um, on this microphone. So tell me, uh, Muhammad Jalal, what's your take? And if you were to sit down with a bunch of your uh, uh, your students and they asked you what the difference was between a hard Brexit and a soft Brexit, and let's just p- assume I'm one of your students, how would you go about explaining that? Because I-, I get
3: confused sometimes. Not, not very many of my students have uh, European uh, licences to fly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fair enough. <laughs> so, so hard Brexit and soft Brexit. Simply put, so uh, a soft Brexit would be a Brexit where uh, we still have very strong connections with the European Union. Typically, that would mean Britain remains as part of something similar to a single market, and I'll explain that in a second and as well as being part of a customs union. So in essence, the European Union, if you were to boil it down to two big uh, areas, it's we are a member, Britain is a member of the European customs union and the European single market, right? And so a soft Brexit would be that you leave the European Union, but you retain some connection with these two aspects of the European Union. Now, a hard Brexit would be that uh, you, separate yourself from the single market and what that entails and you separate yourself from the customs union um, and so you wouldn't, you wouldn't be a part of the customs union or the single market. The government has said to, 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 up to up to last week that it would neither be a member of the single market or the customs union.
1: Help me out, uh, last,
3: so, so, yeah. sorry to interrupt sorry. your flow there but just a quick question. Sorry. What do we mean by
1: customs union? So right. um, if I'm bringing in um, let, let's just say a television. From mm-hmm. Let's say I go to France, I buy a TV and I jump on the Eurostar with my television and I, and I come back into the United Kingdom. Um, yeah. I don't need to pay VAT on that, do I? Because I've already paid for
3: it in France. It, exactly. So, um, so, it, exactly. so the, the European Union acts as one economic sovereign body. That's mm. the way it acts. Right. So uh, I used to have a friend of mine who used to travel. He was a doctor and strangely enough, he would travel to Germany. Fill up a van with, I don't know, Nintendo game systems or whatever it was, right. uh, uh, pay the VAT there in Germany, take it back to the UK and sell it on eBay mm. right, and make a lot of money out of it. Mm. When, he, when he crossed the border between uh, you know, Calais and, and the United Kingdom, between Calais and Dover, uh, they did not require him to pay any customs duties. Right. And that's because we have a free trade area between ourselves and, uh, and in effect, 27 other European Union countries. So Britain can trade free, freely with, with all those countries. And so, with the single market comes what we call four freedoms. And, and the biggest freedom of the four freedoms would be uh, uh, the, the, the freedom to export and import goods. So, goods are allowed to go between the United Kingdom and, and the rest of Europe without having to pay any form of tariff they call it any form of taxes on, on those products
1: mm-hmm.
3: whereas if you were to import a car say from the United States straight away that car would have a 10% tax mm-hmm. on the total value of that car if you were to import wine for example from you know which doesn't bother us so much but from the from the wine let's just say salal wine right. <laughs> Such uh, wine would wine would have something like a 20% tariff. And there are some products that have up to 30% tariffs on it. So it. With, with the rest of the world, you've got, you've got a tariff-based system where you, know, you pay tariffs on goods uh, that you import from those countries or goods that you export to those countries. There are no tariffs between the United Kingdom and, and the European Union. Got
1: it. And, and just, now, just just to kind of break this down even further. So what Theresa May was talking to Donald Trump about was a trade agreement between the UK and the US. And this is effectively that 10 percent levy or whatever percent levy there is on goods. Right. She's trying to
3: work out what that would be between the two countries. What exactly. So uh, at the moment, if you do not have a trade agreement, uh, you have to levy. What we call WTO World Trade Organization tariffs, right, right? Right. And a World Trade Organization has a set tariff between countries uh, and blocks that don't have trade agreements with one another. So within the European Union, we don't have to abide by WTO tariffs because we've got a trade block within the European Union. With America, there is no trade agreement. There was one that was uh, uh, was in the process of being uh, developed, but uh, when. Uh, when Donald Trump came in he he abandoned it so at the moment there's no trade agreement between the European Union say and, and America and that means that on most products we pay WTO tariff rates on those products now i suppose the, the thing about the european union and what makes it it such a an incentive uh, for for countries to join it like We saw a number of accession countries that joined it back in 2004, you know, the Eastern European Union countries. Poland, yeah. Mm. Poland, for example. When they export, so Poland exports a lot of wheat products to the UK. It pays zero tariffs on on those goods. We, Britain, exports a lot of services to Poland. So Britain, 80% of Britain's economy is is a service-based economy. That's banking and finance, but also education services and insurance services. So when Britain exports those services to European Union countries, it doesn't have to pay any tariffs on those services.
1: Yeah, that, now, that, that makes a lot of sense. Sorry, I'll, I'll let you finish. Go ahead. No, no,
3: so so uh, once, if Brexit uh, uh, happens and it's a hard Brexit, mm. in essence, on most goods and services, you would now have a tariff on those goods and services when you export them. Got it. And that, that, that's what makes Makes little business sense because, of course, Nissan, for example, set up its plant in Sunderland because it knew it had something called the European passport. If it makes, I don't know, Nissan, you know, micros in Sunderland, those yeah. Nissan micros can be exported to France and Germany and Poland at no cost and, there's and, there's and zero no tariff. tariffs. Yeah, right? yeah. Got it, got it.
1: It makes a lot of sense. And you make it, yeah, now I know why you are a lecturer in UK politics, because mashallah, you've explained that really well, I'm sure, for myself and the listeners. And trust me, if I can understand it, I'm sure my listeners can, because they have a much higher IQ than I certainly do. Um, Brother Mohammed Jalal, let me go ahead and thank you for this and the explanation. It does sound like a pretty bad situation we're in, because I don't see the difference between a soft Brexit. And being within the European Union, it seems to me that either you're in the European Union or you have a hard Brexit, because what Theresa May is suggesting here is to have something halfway house where you you, you get some of the benefits of the European Union, but not all of them. And that seems like a very bad deal. So I do think Donald Trump actually has a point. Either you're in the European Union or you're completely out of it in all modalities, including um, the trade situation as well.
3: I mean, that, that's what the European Union, you know, uh, when they ridicule uh, Britain on occasions, they say it's a cake. Uh, you have your cake and eat it. Exactly. Solution, right?
1: Exactly. Uh, yeah.
3: Because if you are, if you are a, uh, uh, if you are, if you retain membership of the single market and the customs union. Yeah. You know, you'll get all the privileges of the European Union. Yeah. But w- what is the return? I Absolutely. Suppose? You got
1: it. You got it. So we have got to leave it there, Muhammad Jalal. But I do appreciate your time today sharing us your knowledge on, on this topic. Clearly, it's extensive. I'd love to have you back in the future, inshallah.
3: Thank you for your time.
1: Take care. Thank you for your time, sir. Listeners, this is Friday Night Live. Before we take a break, we have a special caller on the line who wants to take part in the competition. And it's Mr... Mahmoud. Salaam alaikum Mr. Mahmoud. Salaam alaikum salam, whatever. Alhamdulillah. Nice to hear your voice, Mr. Mahmoud. Where are you calling from tonight?
3: From Luton.
1: MashaAllah. Where,
3: where, whereabouts in Luton? Uh, just from Luton,
1: several road. MashaAllah. I can hear some screaming at the back. Is everything Okay.
3: Yes, my kids, they are
1: playing in garden Oh, they're playing in the garden, that's okay I'm happy to hear that Well, uh, Mr. Mahmood, if you can hold the line for a bit Because we're going to come back to you straight after the break Listeners, you are listening to Friday Night Live With me, Abdul Akbar and Zafar Balsa. So we are beaming out from Luton and surrounding areas We're going to be speaking to Mr. Mahmood Who's taking part in our Guess the Voice quiz Coming up next, what's happening in Pakistan
0: Stay tuned This show was played live on Friday night. Now we are going to play the repeat of Friday Night Live. Please do not call or text to participate in the show. Any announcement made in the show may now not be applicable.
1: as and welcome back to the third part of tonight's edition of Friday Night Live We're on Friday the 13th of July 2018. I'm your host, Abdul Akbar and I'm also joined by Zafir Iqbal As-salamu up. Thanks for joining us, listeners. We're beaming out to you from Luton and surrounding areas tonight. And of course, we're beaming out to the good people of Sheffield, Nottingham, Derby and Peterborough through our partner stations across the nation. Top story tonight is that a suicide bomber has killed at least 85 people and injured about 150 in an attack on a campaign rally in southwestern Pakistan. According to officials, they say that a provincial candidate was among the dead in the town of Mustang. Earlier, a bomb attack on another election-related gathering killed four people in the northern town of Banu, and there are fears of further violence ahead of the general elections that are taking place on the 25th of July. That's in a couple of weeks' time. Meanwhile, former Prime Minister Nawaz Sharif was arrested after flying home from the UK today. Sharif and his daughter Maryam were taken into custody by officials from the NAB, that's the National Accountability Bureau, after landing in the northern city of Lahore. They were later put on a chartered plane bound for the Pakistan's capital, Islamabad. Lots of turmoil and trouble in Pakistan right now During the election period Um, As i said, what's your take on what's going on in Pakistan right now Especially after this bombing 85 people is no small number It's horrible
2: Yes, I know, I know And I think that's going to be the Maybe the theme going forward Because you've got the the Afghan-based TTP now, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, and supported by by India, trying to destabilize Pakistan in the Balochistan region.
1: Who are these guys? The TTP? Are they? Are they? Are they- well,
2: they call themselves. This, this is this is what is tongue in cheek, isn't it? It's Darika yeah. Taliban Pakistan. Yeah, and have they got anything to do with Taliban? Well, they they call themselves that, but I think that they are people who are forced out of the region, a northern part of uh, the, the Fatah region, basically. Yeah. yeah. Right? And they've been pushed into Afghanistan. So they're based in Afghanistan now, but they're launching their attacks across the border. Wow. Uh, but also in Bluchistan, right, there is, there, is, uh, um, there is a split there as well. Not all of the people, not all of the major players in that region, right, want to take part in elections. That's interesting. It's well... Well, well, let's do this. Let's go. Um, we've got Mr. Mahmood, as I mentioned.
1: We're going to speak to him, um, who wants to take part in the quiz. But we'll come back on to this very important topic, which is a suicide bomber has killed at least 85 people and injured about 150 in an attack on a campaign rally in southwestern Pakistan, according to officials. And then we're going to go on to the Trump topic as well, because we're going to be speaking to Adig Malik, who's joining us live from the rally. Uh, before we do that, let's go to Mr. Mahmood. As-salamu okay, Mr. Mahmood. Hi, welcome to Thanks for joining us. You're live on the radio. How are you tonight? Welcome to
3: I'm good.
1: You okay? I'm great. I'm great. How are you finding tonight's show, Mr. Mahmood? yes it's good. That's great, bro. Um, so uh, you mentioned you're calling from Luton. Here comes voice number one. Voice number one.
4: Allah <laughs> ka shukar hai ke ye social media na social media pe hai.
1: Mr. Mahmood, saab, ye koi hai? Nawaz. You think that's Mariam Nawaz, interesting. Mariam Saptera,
7: Mariam Nawaz, whatever
1: you call Sure, we can call her whatever you like tonight. Uh, <laughs> mm. <laughs> Jail <jailbird. laughs> yeah, If that is her voice, let's see. Well, wow, let's see who the, the, voice number two. Let's see if you can guess this.
5: Who, who is that Mr. Mahmood? Imran Khan. Are you sure?
1: Yes, Let's
5: just hear that. that one more time.
1: Okay, well, Mr. Mahmood, if your answers were correct, we'll add your name into the hat and we'll call out the winners towards the end of tonight's program. Keep listening to Friday Night Live, sir. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you very much. Okay, we're going to go straight on the line to um, Atik Malik, who's joining us live from the um, scenes of the protests which have taken place today um, against Donald Trump. Salaamu alaikum, Atiq.
9: how are you?
1: Alhamdulillah, great to have you back on the radio, Atiq. <laughs> Tell us, Atiq, what what happened today? What did you witness in terms of the Trump demonstrations? Oh my God, it was amazing.
9: I mean, if, I think if I start like this, in the morning I had an interview with the BBC. Okay. And when you're there, what? what, what people criticizing Trump and more for the last few days yeah. is, um, but surely there's going to be lots of Americans there with flags supporting Trump. And myself and everybody else said that, no, that, is, that isn't going to happen. When we go there, there aren't going to be anybody supporting Trump. And in actual fact, when I went, that's exactly what happened, that not only was nobody supporting Trump as an American, but all of the Americans that were there were anti-Trump. And it was absolutely wow. amazing. Tens of of people, all different races, nationalities, backgrounds, religions. Everyone, because we're not we're not just standing against Trump. What they're standing against is what he stands for, mm. which is far right racism, mis- um, you know, uh, sex discrimination, Islamophobia, xenophobia, hate, world peace. You know, all of these things. Are what he stands, you know, against. And this is what we, well, stands for, the discrimination, the hate, and stands against the word peace. And this is what every boy today was standing for. Uh, tell me, it's absolutely t- amazing. Yeah, Tell me, Atik,
1: did you manage to get, um, the most important question I have for you is, did you manage to get a selfie with baby
9: Trump? Hmm. Oh, no, I didn't. No, no. <laughs> baby Trump is flying above um, um, the area of Trafalgar Square in Parliament, and the area is so busy, that like right now, I had yes. to move away from that area quite far. Because we can't even get telephone signals. It's just there's so many people there. It's absolutely crazy. Wow! And Eddie Corbin has just come on. He's speaking. It's okay. Crowd are going actually wild.
1: Oh, and tell me, I take what's the situation with regard to Sadiq Khan? Obviously, we know that Donald Trump and Sadiq Khan have had a bit of a conversation on Twitter, um, not completely cordial, I might add. Yeah. Um, what's people's sentiments towards Sadiq Khan's stance on Donald Trump? Because Donald Trump reckons that Sadiq Khan should respect him because he is the leader of. The American people, and this is what he was telling the Sun newspaper yesterday. And what's what's Londoners' position on this? Do they support Sadiq Khan?
9: Well, the London's position is that Sadiq Khan is a, a representative of what London and the UK today is—you know, a multicultural and diverse um, place. So and it's quite clear from the way that Trump has attacked him that a lot of that lot of that attack is based on hatred, mm. and due to that. A lot of people do not have any sympathy for Trump. I mean, may I add, tomorrow there is another demo in London. For the first time in history, as far as I know, there is a national demonstration taking place where far-right racists are attending to celebrate the arrival of a world leader of Trump, oh, wow. can you picture any other place in the world where racists, Nazis, far right mm. have gathered to celebrate a leader of another country arriving? It right. doesn't happen. It's yeah. the only person in the world that the far right are celebrating,
7: mm.
1: and
9: that that doesn't give you a laugh.
1: Yeah, that's scary stuff. Definitely. Um okay, well, Atik Malik live from London at the scenes of the anti-Trump demos. Jazaka Allah for joining us tonight, bro. Thanks for no your time. No worries.
9: Thank you. Thank you, baba.
1: Take care, bro. Assalamualaikum. Listeners, this is Friday Night Live. You're listening to the voice of Atik Malik, resident presenter here at uh, Inspire FM giving us the lowdown live from Central London at the anti-Trump demos. Uh, Zafrasab, so it sounds like it was pretty action-packed. Lots of people turned up um, and they don't want Trump visiting, it sounds like.
2: Yeah, I think there, there is a strong lobby in Britain, actually, uh, uh, against Trump and what he stands for. Yeah. And I think uh, what I think said is, is spot on, really. Uh, this guy is a, um, is a flag bearer right for the Nazis really he's just opening the doors he's making it acceptable right to have it views like the views that he's expressed publicly yeah uh, and I think that's not right and I think that that's just an indicator of the fact that the world is heading in a very dangerous direction right because not only have you got you got know, this man you got Modi in India Right, a similar sort of minded person, right? He's got massive following of extremist Hindus, yeah. Right, and and they're they're in fact they're screaming about the same sort of things as well uh, in those countries. So it, it doesn't bode well, to be honest. I think that the if the people, the decent people of the world stay say silent, uh, these monsters are going to take over, really.
1: There you go. Very, very scary stuff. We are going to be coming back to the Pakistan topic in a moment. And if you're joining us, listeners, you are listening to Friday Night Live and some very sad news coming out of Pakistan right now, which is a suicide bomber has killed at least 85 people and injured about 150 in an attack on a campaign rally in southwestern Pakistan. According to officials, they say that a provincial candidate was among the dead in the town of Mustang. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask you another question, listeners, and you can take part on 01582481822. I'll be coming back to the quiz in a moment. But before I do that, Zavrassar, have you ever been to Aldi before? Uh, a few times. Have you been to Lidl before? A few times. Have you been to another major supermarket before? A few times. Okay. So you've been around. You've done some shopping a few times in various places. Now, I've got to make a confession. And this is no indication of my lifestyle, but... Status. I have very rarely gone to another supermarket. I have a supermarket of choice just because I know where everything is. And I always go there because I know... It's it's a named brand. It's a well-known supermarket. All right. I'll say the name. Asda. Okay. So, normally, when I go shopping, um, I go down to Asda. The reason I go to Asda is because... Fairly good value for money. They have some good deals on, but most importantly, I know where everything is. If I want the bread, I know where to go to get the bread. If I want some fruit, I know where to walk in the supermarket to get the fruit. Blah blah blah. So I'm I've, I've, everywhere really no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm sure most people can correlate with what I'm saying. So the other day, I was somewhere else, and I was kind of forced to go into this place called Aldi. And I thought, right, I've never been there before. It's a foreign supermarket. Um, I'm I'm nothing like nothing like Trump, by the way, Uh, not not in that way. Uh, And I thought, I'm not sure if I want to go in. But I was forced to go in because we had to get some stuff. Asda's foreign, by the way, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean. But it's like a it's not an established one for a long time. Asda is an institution here like Tesco's, like... um, um, uh, put Tesco's or and yeah, now it is, but it never used to be. <laughs> okay. I hear you, I'm with you, I'm with you. Um, so I went into Aldi's and I'm looking around thinking, okay. So I look left and I see a bunch of biscuits. I look right, I see some cereal. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, they've got branded stuff here, great. And I look closer.
2: Yes, I know. And I look
1: closer and, and this they're fake is, brains. This <laughs> they're is, different brands. This, this is not your usual Kellogg's yeah. or your McVitties. Or the stuff that you're used to buying. But it looks blooming similar. You've heard of copying <laughs> and pasting on your computer, right? This is a copy and paste job. Except the logos have a different name. Yes. So I literally I saw Jaffa Cakes that weren't called Jaffa Cakes. They had a different name. But they're blue and orange in terms of the style. Yeah. I saw Walker's Crisps. But they weren't Walker's Crisps. They were something else. But the exact same logo as Walker's. And I say to my wife, what's going on here? Are these just the same companies but from a foreign country? And she's like, no, this is an own brand thing that um, uh, this company has. And I was like, my goodness. And then I look at the price. And it's half price. And I'm like, are these guys having a sale? And she's like, no, this is how the prices are. I'm like, something can't be right. Either the food is dodgy, it's low quality, or it's probably unhealthy. So then... You know, we bought some of these
2: ginger biscuits. Are you going to get to a conclusion? I'm going to get to a conclusion. I'm just building up
1: to it here. We bought these ginger biscuits. So I open up the biscuit packet, and I'm expecting to taste something disgusting that I'm going to spit out of my mouth. I stick it in my mouth. I start crunching on it. I'm like, this is pretty good. Mm. This actually tastes decent. And then I compare it with, you know, a named brand. You know, now now I'm getting into experimental mode. And I'm like... What the heck is? Go- are we being ripped off at the supermarket checkout? But here's where it gets really interesting, um, especially when it comes to pharmaceutical products. Yeah. Stuff like paracetamol, stuff like ibuprofen, which I know nothing about, but somebody on the line who does. He's a pharmacist based in Luton, and his name's Prab Jenner. Uh, good evening, Prab. Good evening, how are you guys? Doing great here, thanks from the studio. Thanks for joining us, Prab, um, this evening on Friday. How's your evening going so far? Yeah, it's been lovely, Becky. Enjoying the good weather. Great. Have you been drug dealing tonight? Th- th- today? Uh, we have been licensed <laughs> drug dealing in a safe <laughs> manner, definitely, this evening. <laughs> very good. Very good. Well, listen, Prab, tell me, because uh, as I mentioned about my experience, my long experience with Aldi's, I finally got to the point, which is, you know, I, th- I do think we are potentially being ripped off by named brands, potentially. Um, but tell me, in terms of, for example, let's just take something really simple that you can mm-hmm. buy off the shelf, like paracetamol. Um, do we see the same kind of cost discrepancy between maybe a branded paracetamol and a unbranded plain ugly looking paracetamol what's the deal there
10: yeah we, we, we definitely do. I mean most of these tablets are actually manufactured in the same place, so there's actually not really any difference between the two types uh,
1: well, how, um, did you say, well let me just let me just clarify that. so are you saying mm-hmm. that the actual physical tablet Um, Even though it's in a different company's packet or packaging, they're they're actually made in the same factory? Most of the time, yeah. Wow. So that was um,
10: quite interesting, what you're saying. So, you know, you could walk into Stainsbury's and they'll have their price for Parapete, or you walk into any other supermarket and they'll have a different price. It's just a choosing of how much markup they want to bid on.
1: My goodness. So uh, help me yeah. out, here. So, and same thing for other drugs like ibuprofen? Oh, loads and loads of medication, you know, especially with kids' medications, you know,
10: they've got lots of syrups they have to take because they can't swallow tablets. You know, people stick to the name brands that they're aware of because they feel safe in the knowledge, oh, this is for my child. However, mm. there's actually no difference between the generic brands so you can actually make a big saving, which is quite important in this day
1: and age. That is massive. So, so how do I know? Just to be on the safe side, let's just say I, mm-hmm. I've been taking a certain drug, um, mm-hmm. maybe I don't know a decongestant or um, a, a pain relief drug that is off the shelf. How mm-hmm. how can I verify and confirm? That maybe um, a branded, let's just say, I don't know, Beecham's versus uh, a non-branded kind of uh, ugly looking packaging is the actual same drug. Is there some way of verifying that?
10: Yeah, I mean, we can look very closely the ingredients, but the best thing to do would be speak to your local pharmacist. And just bring it in or just ask a question, you know, or show it something on the phone, two products, and just ask, you know, is, is this the same and would I be better off taking this? Most of the time, we're more than happy to tell you, oh, no, these ingredients are the same or, no, they're slightly different. And that's why, you know, this one has an extra ingredient in it or the other one may not. And therefore, you know, you've got peace of mind knowing that actually you are taking the correct thing and the best thing to help you with your condition.
1: And, and, and I'm assuming, thanks for that, and I'm assuming this purely applies to um, non-prescription drugs. In terms of prescription, that's at the pharmacist's discretion, is that right? Um,
10: not completely anymore, because um, obviously there's a lot of talk, uh, as you you're probably were in the news, about trying to save money for the NHS. So a lot of the time we're like told, you know, we we only give certain brands or to use certain drugs. So it's about, you know, trying to save money for the NHS, and that's a whole kind of different uh, ballgame, I would say.
1: That's amazing. I always thought, and Zephyr, what's going through your mind right now?
2: Yeah, I, I, to be honest, just to balance the uh, the discussion, really. Oh. really uh, a lot of oh. Well, these branded <laughs> companies spend a lot of money on marketing, and it's all to do with, with trust. Off. No, it's all to do with trust. So building trust in the minds of the the people so the people will buy a particular brand because Mm. they trust uh the company and that the company will actually give sort of uh you know value but uh, so so the price difference that you see is based on the fact that they spend a lot of money marketing the brand really
1: yeah but i mean once they've marketing that brand they're ripping you off aren't they
2: you say that, but but they've actually laid out some money, they've they spent some money to actually get some money.
1: Yeah, I hear you, but if I can get a paracetamol for, I don't know, 12 pence versus 50 pence, that's that's a big markup they're making, and is that reasonable? Um, Prab, what do you reckon?
10: Um, I, I can see the validity of both points here, but um, I guess a lot of it will come down to personal preference, and as, as your colleague was saying, you know, your trust in that brand. And you know, a great example would be Calpol for kids, Every parent knows, you know, we always give Calpol. is basically paracetamol, but we always feel safe for giving it because it's for, you know, our kids. So, um, like I said, I think it's all down to your personal preference. But if you've got any concerns or any worries about what you're taking or, you know, where you're getting it from, always speak to your pharmacist and we'll be able to point you in the right direction.
1: Let's just take the Calpol example, for example. So, Mm -hmm. everyone knows Calpol, especially if you've got kids, absolutely. Um, And does that contain anything else apart from paracetamol?
10: No, not at all. I mean, they they don't put anything extra in there. Um, You know, it's sugar free, it's incredibly well made. Mm. Um, and it just meets the same safety standards as, you know, the generics have to as well. So they all go through the same kind of process.
1: So approximately, um, just, what, what's, the, what's the difference between the, the, the price approximately? I know we can't be completely accurate. Um,
10: so, you know, well, a generic, say, 200ml bottle would be maybe £2 two pound or just a bit more than that. Mm.
1: Um,
10: and the bottle of Calpol, you're looking at maybe £6 pounds or, you know, give or take.
1: So approximately three times are. more.
10: Potentially, yes.
1: Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And uh, just just to put the responsibility back on on, on, the, on the pharmacy, potentially, um, because I'm sure those who are working on the tills, not, not maybe not, not yourself, who's somebody um, dispensing the drugs. But mm-hmm. I mean, do you feel it should be the responsibility of the pharmacy at the point of sale to, to point out mm-hmm. to people?
10: That's, that's a really valid point and um it's one that we try and bring up in our pharmacy so for example um you know if 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 you, if you someone pays for their prescription and actually it might be cheaper to buy that drug instead of having it on prescription then we'd rather do that so classic example of that would be um something like cetirizine. obviously pain fever is really bad this time of year, and doctors will prescribe that but to be honest, why are you spending £8.80 on a prescription when you can just buy it off the shelf for, you know, a couple of pounds?
1: Oh, my God. Um, yeah. And
10: same again with uh, with with uh, some of these others. So we'll always try to say to patients, oh, um, you know, it's actually cheaper if you get this. And a classic example would be cold sore cream, which from a from company, you know, is normally about 6 £7. Pounds. But yeah. But if you buy it generically, you're paying roughly £2. Pounds.
11: Wow. So
10: we'll often ask customers, you know, what would you prefer this? Or... Or would you like this? And we're just trying to make people aware. So maybe and sometimes people are adamant, but yeah, you know, at least we've done our duty. Yeah,
1: it's, it's that trust thing that Zephyr was talking about. But maybe a good question, just generally for for everyone and every consumer out there, if you're going to a pharmacy, just say, "Hey, I've got this drug here, which is a branded drug. Is there a generic equivalent?" And just ask the pharmacist, right?
10: Yeah, definitely. Or even a counter member staff, they'll probably know just as much as the pharmacist. Okay. Oh, actually, look, yeah, this is the generic paracetamol.
2: This is the generic of the ibuprofen. Yeah. And that way, you know you know exactly what you're buying. That's it. I'm going generic all the way, Zafrasab. Generic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you say that, right? Yeah. And, and, and maybe Prabh can uh, correct me, but uh, some of the ingredients that, that goes into medicine mm. uh, is also the ingredient that goes into medicine you can buy, say, from India and Pakistan, mm. right? And then there you can get, you know, something for... Uh, a very small amount, a few rupees, right, which doesn't even actually list uh, on, on the Richter scale, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. But here it costs a lot of money, and I think the key difference is that here they put some additional ingredients in there to make it palatable, whereas you get the raw stuff basically in your box, and Pakistan, that's why it's cheap. Um, well,
10: it's not just that. Um, so yes, they might add something to make you know the taste of a liquid, you know, as you said, a bit more palatable. But um, in this country, we're much more heavily regulated. So everything that's made is always being, uh, you know, has it's a lot done. of oversight to it. It's
1: going through a QA and process, we, yeah.
10: Exactly, you got it. So i um, not saying out there they're not as stringent, but uh, here we, we definitely are. So,
1: All right, and, and we pay know, for if it. you're
10: buying a your paraphysm, it's guaranteed to be 100%. Yeah. More. This is what you're paying. This is it, if you get that's why you pay a bit extra.
1: Prab Chana, I really appreciate your time tonight, giving us the lowdown on generics versus branded drugs. Um, and we appreciate your, your guidance on that thank you sir have a lovely evening okay well there you go listeners this is Friday Night Live and we've been just been speaking to Prav Channa from a local pharmacy here in Luton who's been giving us feedback that actually branded drugs and generic drugs contain the exact same pills in, in, in most cases in some cases and um, they're even made at the same place they're just packaged in a different way ...but sometimes you could be paying up to three times the price. Don't know about you, but that, to me, seems disgusting. Anyway, um, we're going to quickly go back onto our quiz... ...because we do have a caller on the line... ...who wants to take part in tonight's quiz. Um, And we're going to go to Umar in a moment... ...but before I do that... ...let me play back the actual quiz questions. We're playing guess the voice... ...and you need to guess these two voices... ...and if you guess them successfully... ...we'll put your name into a hat and one lucky random winner will actually be chosen for our special prize it comes voice number 1
4: allah taala ka shukr hai ki ye social media na sirf social
5: media pe hai
1: who is that it comes voice number 2 can you guess the voice
5: un sab ka shukriya ada karta hu ki aap mere sath khade rahe wo ek seed naam hai jilta
1: Okay, can you guess who that is? Well, let's go straight on to the lines. Lots of people calling in. We have Omar on line one. As Salaamu Alaykum, Omar. Walaykum As Omar, uh, where are you calling from tonight? You're live on the radio. Uh, I'm in St. Albans. Oh, is it Omar from St. Albans?
8: Le- it's me, the legend Omar. MashaAllah. Oh, How well, are you <laughs> doing,
1: Omar? Are you well? I am very well. Nice to hear you back on the radio, sir. Nice to hear you back on the radio, sir. Well, listen, Omar, give us voice number one. Who is it? I'll go with Mariam Nawaz. Mariam. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) That's the English way of saying it. Uh, And uh, voice number two? It's Mariam, Uh.
8: Yeah, that's it. Mariam. Yeah. Did I say that correctly? Mariam?
1: You got it, baby. What next one? Okay,
8: and the second one is uh, a hero of
1: mine, uh, Imran Khan. Khan, sorry, you know, i It's been not Imran, it's context,
8: Imran, so. Yar. Yeah. Imran Khan, not that's, Im that's Khan, the Pakistani. Imran
1: Are, you Pakistani? Khan. Are you Pakistani?
8: I am a proud Pakistani. G- no, it's not well, Pakistani. Cool. Keep the it's, mate. it's
1: not Pakistani, it's Pakistani. Oh Pakistani, I've lived a week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm winding you up. You say how you like.
8: I've lived a week in <laughs> Pakistan, it's <the> a great country. <laughs>
1: Allah. Well, listen, Umar, if you. Uh, I'm not going to be Omar now. I'm going to be Omar. Omar, if you um, uh, got those answers right, we're going to add your name into the hat. So let's see. And Umar, keep listening. Keep calling. How are you finding tonight's show? Uh,
8: excellent show, sir. Uh, I'm not a fan of Trump. I can't um, believe uh, anyone is.
1: But. <laughs> Indeed. I don't think many people are fans of Trump. Anyway, listeners, this is Friday Night Live. Keep calling. If you want to take part in the quiz, we'll be right back for our fourth and final part. After these messages, stay tuned.
0: This show was played live on Friday night. Now we are going to play the repeat of Friday Night Live. Please do not call or text to participate in the show. Any announcement made in the show may now not be applicable.
1: Sonic and welcome back to the fourth and final part of tonight's edition of Friday Night Live on Friday, the 13th of July, 2018. Hopefully, no bad luck is hitting you tonight on the 13th. If you believe in that kind of thing, we certainly don't. Top stories tonight is that a US-UK trade deal will absolutely be possible, according to Donald Trump, after he told the Sun newspaper that Theresa May's Brexit plan could kill an agreement. Now speaking after talks at Chequers Mr. Trump said that the US-UK relationship is the highest level of special whilst Mrs. May said that they had discussed plans for an ambitious trade agreement that's top stories in the UK. Some sad news coming out of Pakistan tonight where a suicide bomber has killed at least 85 people and injured about 150 in an attack on a campaign rally in southwestern Pakistan. They say a provincial candidate was among the dead in the town of Mustang. Also coming out of Pakistan today is that former Prime Minister Nawaz Sharif was arrested after flying home from the UK today. Sharif and his daughter Maryam were taken into custody by officials from the NAB, that's the National Accountability Bureau, after landing in the northern city of Lahore. They were later put onto a chartered plane bound for Pakistan's capital in Islamabad. Reports say that they will then be transferred to prison. So, a pretty gloomy time there for um, Mariam Nawaz and Nawaz Sharif, her father. Um, Zafrasab, I mean, a lot of people are just saying they are reaping what they have sowed and now they are being held to account for a lot of the laundering of money basically from real pakistanis
5: um
2: indeed i mean that's the argument um that's the popular argument Mm. that's what we're making uh, i I guess uh what needs to be in this in in this climate uh in a sense that there's elections going on Mm. it is seen very much from a a political lens Mm -hmm. Uh, i think that kind of edges away the the justice element of it, right? It's seen as a political thing. I think the ultimate justice would be when those funds are are, are basically... Returned back to the government coffers basically. Yeah. And spent well, and, on. And Pakistanis. Uh, yeah. Uh, in, in Pakistan and spent on the uh, Dema Basha uh, dam. Yeah. Which, which, interestingly enough, the Supreme Court is actually fundraising for. Mm. Um, so uh, I, I guess uh, it's interesting the fact that they, they've gone back. Both of them have gone back. Um, I, I assume they're going to go straight to Adiala uh, prison. Yeah. Like Imran Khan said that they would. I thought i dropped that in there. Well,
1: I, I noticed. There you go. Okay, well, we're going to be talking about Imran Khan's viability of being the next Pakistani premier next week. But of course, the elections are coming up and we will know the results um, soon. And let's see what happens. Uh, clearly, we've heard about the explosions as well that have been taking place. In
8: I, I,
2: I don't think that the explosions so are connected, though. I think there's there's every likelihood yeah. that there's going to be political violence. Yeah. Right, because I don't think the PMLN is going to take it lying down. There's no such they're,
1: thing as a Pakistani election without any violence, yeah, right? Because I think
2: that the, if they lose, right, I think there's going to be some violence. right? If they lose, particularly in Punjab, I'd say there's going to be some violence. Yeah. Uh, but but this violence that we've seen in Balochistan today is, is all ongoing, uh, ongoing agitation by our neighbours, really, to destabilise that region because of CPAC.
1: Okay, fair enough. Well, I want to go on to my next topic. But before I do that, I want to make sure that everyone's aware that we are playing Guess the Voice tonight. We're going to be announcing the winners in about 10 minutes' time. So if you want to take part in Guess the Voice, now is your chance to actually get your entries in. Can you guess these two voices?
4: God bless you that this social media is not only on social media. Pe hai.
1: Who is that voice? Can you guess the voice? If you can, give me a call. 01582-481822 is the number to call. You also need to guess this voice as well. Who is this?
5: I thank you all for that you are standing with me. That's the name of God.
1: Can you guess those two voices 01582481822 if you guess the right answers by calling 01582481822. We'll put your name into the hat, And one lucky winner will win a special prize tonight. So give us a call. I want to go straight on to my final topic tonight, which is a very, very serious topic and an emotional topic, especially if you are in the situation of the person... I'm about to talk to you live on the radio this evening. Imagine the following situation. You are somebody who basically had problems with your kidneys and as you know in health for health purposes you can function just on one kidney. And the doctors told you when you were very young that your kidneys aren't functioning properly. And what do you do? Well, if you're a parent, you're gonna do what you can to help your child. And that's exactly what one parent did. She helped her child by donating one of her own kidneys to her son, and that son is Gulfraz Ahmed, who is from Luton and he's on the line right now. Gulfras. Gulfraz. Thank you so much for joining us live on Inspire FM and Friday Night Live. Gulfraz, the way I understand it is your health now has got to a situation where even your transplanted kidney is causing some issues, is that right?
7: No, that is the case. Um, I my kidney normally tends to last about 15 years. Okay. Alhamdulillah, mine lasted 23 years, um, but now I'm on a dialysis, which I have to come into the LND three times a week, uh, four hours per session.
1: So you basically have to get connected to a dialysis machine three times a week, four, four hours four hours each time, so that's that like 12 hours a week, and clearly that's a gross inconvenience. It's probably cost a lot of money as well.
7: Um, it costs the NHS roughly £50,000 per
1: patient. £50,000, is that a year?
7: Uh, yeah. Amazing, amazing.
1: And just tell me, so my understanding, um, Faraz, is that you have found a match, and that match happened to be your cousin in Pakistan. Tell us a story.
7: Uh, it was my own team. Um We appealed uh, abroad because the average time to find a match here is about three years um, by the NHS. So uh, a few of my cousins came forward. Um, my auntie was a match. Um, we did all the tests in Pakistan. We also brought fresh blood from Pakistan to get tested here. For so all my to be happy that it, it is a match, um, which, which it was. Um, Michael Solis told me not to do the operation over there due to the interior health, uh, sorry, interior uh that yeah, that uh, the
1: treatment isn't as good clearly yeah. as compared to here, right? Yeah, that makes sense.
7: It's it's um well there's so many people that have passed away from uh, operating over there. There's yeah. so uh, open wounds that are still you know when people come back here, they are have to uh, go on a surgery again and that can given because the operations weren't done properly
1: makes sense so so the logical thing is is for your auntie to fly over to the uk but i'm assuming your auntie is pakistani she's not british exactly
7: that, that, that,
1: that's that's basis. so so your auntie is pakistani and therefore in order to fly over to the uk clearly anyone who's pakistani needs yeah. a visa and yep. she, my understanding is she applied for this visa, and this visa was rejected. And eff- effectively, this visa is there to save your life, right? If she can't fly over, she can't save your life.
7: Exactly. Oh my and God. What we don't understand, um, because they based it on, she can't fund herself to come here. When we clearly stated, you know, we were funded the whole trip. Mm. We gave our accounts. We had a stages to come in and survey the house to prove that we have... Sufficient space, um, and um, yeah, it 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 was just a bit confusing. I mean, she's not coming here to visit. She's not a tourist. She she's not going to be spending. Jobs I mean, most of our time will be spent in the hospital. Cause yeah, I mean, because
1: I'm assuming, bro, a kidney transplant operation is no walk in the park, right? It's a proper procedure.
7: Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, I mean, the first few months are full of health and the PCC itself, mm. you need two months of recovery and we ask for one month of leeway just in case because not everyone's the same. Right. Not everyone recovers at the same speed. You know.
1: Got it, got it. Makes sense. So how does that make you feel? Um, because obviously, bro, you're you're a British citizen. You, you, were, you were raised here and exactly. um, you have somebody who is your auntie that is a match because it's hard to find a match as well, right? A match isn't a walk in the park.
7: Yeah, I mean, especially in the Asian community, it's, mm. it's quite hard because of the lack of donations. My god. Um, even generally, even generally, it could take a year to three years, or normal, like, a, a, quite a common match,
6: mm.
7: let alone right. something that's a little bit harder. Now, if you imply that in terms of cost, if everyone wants to talk about cost,
3: mm.
7: that's, that's one hundred and fifty 150,000 £150, pounds £150 of dialysis mm. before you perform the surgery.
3: Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Who the heck's making these decisions, which are completely yeah. ridiculous? And to be, to me as a taxpayer, it's not, it's not a cost issue. It's a life-saving humanitarian issue. It's not even a cost issue, right?
7: This is what we're saying, but if yeah. they want to look at, it at a cost-effective way or someone who's going to come here for benefits when we're telling them. How much benefits are you going to give this person? Yeah,
1: all right. Hold it's the line here. there for a second, uh, Gulfraz. Uh, of course, um, yeah. I'm going to come back to you in a moment. Just hold the line there. I want to go on to yeah. somebody I've got in the studio as well, special guest Shaquille Shah from Liberty Law. Um, he's an immigration lawyer. So, Shaquille, salam aleikum. Thanks for joining us tonight. Um, so, Shaquille Shah, tell us you've just heard um, Gulfraz Ahmed's very difficult story. There, yeah. it's just painstaking to hear. Um, I'm just amazed how much sabr he's got in his voice and may Allah continue to give him more sabr and, and good health. I mean but tell me what what's the what's going on here from a legal basis? What's what's the home office doing?
6: So first of all I'm really sorry for the Bravo who is who's uh, in this situation. Um I haven't seen the complete file of the case papers, what the case papers were put to Home Office. The way he's explaining, Mm. it makes sense that they technically they have met the requirements and they have an extra um, compassionate reason because his life is on the line. Mm. So that should be taken into consideration more than anything because it outweighs any other uh, requirements when it's a human a humanitarian cause yeah. when someone who is in the difficulty and if, even if she was to come to UK she would not cost the country that much of uh, benefits the way his treatment is going for, uh, over 50,000 a month.
1: Especially so, yeah, if the yeah. family is going to pay for him her her as well yeah the that's, that's
6: why I was told that they obviously they are third party uh, sponsors who are taking care of her uh, um, all the expenses mm. uh, during her visit and treatment and I was also made aware of that she was interviewed, questioned by the home office where she could not satisfy them, what is the purpose or what's the complications or implications of this treatment, however she is not a, a person, of a position who can explain the treatments because she hasn't been through it she's not qualified, Yeah, she hasn't been to UK or she hasn't been to NHS she doesn't, she never had a transplant before mm. and that labor Person is not expected to know what is the treatment and what's the aftermath all then. the technical but
1: details yeah as
6: far as consent is concerned the reason for application which she signed mm. her pure intention is to come and save her nephew as a family member yeah so in t- they they have questioned her intention as well a person a one, per, one person a caseworker, yeah sitting in his office made a decision that your intentions are You're not going to go back. Yeah. And you are staying here because you have uh, whatever reasons he's given on the balance of probabilities, which is dreadful. I think it's horrific. It's horrific. The way they're going.
1: But Shaquille, tell me one thing. What options, having heard... I know you haven't seen the file and obviously all the details, but there's two things going through my mind right now. Number one is that maybe Gulfraz, Ahmed and his family haven't had good representation. That's just something I'm putting out there. I don't know if that's true or not. And number two... Is um, what's what can they do now? Can they appeal and can they expedite that process somehow? Given the situation yeah. he's in.
6: So um, as far as representations is concerned, I'm not going to make uh, comments on of how we Of course, we don't know. I haven't seen what happened, what actually happened. I'm not going to criticise anyone how they dealt with this situation. However, mm. um, the second part of it is they were left with no option really, because the option is the right of appeal or administrative review that it says on the defusal letter that you do not have right of appeal that means you can't go to any court which is uh, as dreadful as it is which is awful because if you're not given a second chance if you're not given a chance to explain yourself yeah and they may have they may have a better chance in tribunal where they can explain their selves and if he attends he's in the UK he can attend personally as a sponsor can attend and they said this is where we are mm. we can't take him to pakistan because it's, his life is at risk he gets in every 24 hours or 48 hours he's called in hospital in pakistan that's not available
1: it's a no-brainer the quality of care in this country for anyway he's british the quality yeah. of care we know i mean there's people flying from pakistan and the gulf countries rich arabs flying here to have treatment here because yeah. they know the quality of care is better it's more hygienic um after care is better yeah. and let me go back to good for us good so, you've just heard what um, Shaquille Shah from Liberty Law has just been saying. What's the situation with appeal right now for you? Uh, do you have right to appeal?
7: We don't have any right to appeal. Um, oh, we have to submit a new case. Um, and, obviously, we don't know the outcome of that. If they're going to just keep it the same. But, I mean, to me, not, I, as a common sense basis, it doesn't make any sense
1: it's crazy bro it doesn't make sense yeah. at all what's our what's our new pakistani quote-unquote muslim home secretary doing about this
7: nothing mm-hmm.
1: i don't I think, get it.
7: Um, it yeah yeah i mean um by local mp um he's got involved and he's he's been a support he's um, he's doing
1: an amazing job gavin shuka
7: right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely pushing it forward um and again anyone yeah. anyone off of any they don't understand the, the decision. I mean, to the point where, what's, what's more devastating is none of the Home Office have actually contacted the UK uh, consultants, my consons. I mean, I've given them letter-headed documentation for everyone. Mm. Um, they, 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 if anything, half of those questions should have been directed at my consultants.
1: They should have, absolutely. No, I mean, your auntie in Pakistan, is she from a village? Is she educated? Can she speak English? Or well, what's her status?
7: She's from a village. I mean, um, they had it interpreter. We, we requested the uh, uh, transcript, trans- okay. um, which have not come yet. So we don't even know how well it was uh, translated over.
1: Yeah, that's very strange. So how are you feeling right now? How's your health right now,
7: Go for us? Making. I mean, the longer I stay on dialysis, the mm. more prone I am to other illnesses. I mean, I could end up with diabetes, uh, even special heart problems with this, because the machine filters everything, not just the bad stuff. My God. So, so it, it's, it's very complicated. And like I said, and, and one medical person making these decisions, I don't think they should have the right to. I mean, there should be, should be something in place or someone who has a medical background to make certain decisions for certain cases. Okay. In
1: the home wow, that, that that's 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 really interesting. Um so Zavrasar, what's going through your mind right now?
7: Very quickly. Um mainly just confusion and I I don't actually know what to do next.
1: Yeah, H- hold, hold on there because um, there could be a potential solution for you here. Um, because um, what's interesting is that with Friday Night Live, we, we're going out to the good people of Luton, Peterborough, Nottingham, Sheffield, and Derby. I know um, that there are people listening right now that may not have gone th- go, be going through your situation, Gulfraz. But Mashallah, you sound like a decent brother who's in a very difficult situation right now um and you just mentioned to me that your health is deteriorating as well and that that's yeah. deeply deeply disturbing um i've got some i've got uh, uh you know mashallah we've got shaquille shah from liberty law who's giving us his time tonight and some of his advice um we've also got um a, another bunch of listeners who have just called in as well so let's see what they have to say um as well from mnk solicitor
11: Uh
1: who's this sister what's your name
11: Okay, my name is Safina Khan. I used to come on Inspire with Brother T.
1: Oh, mashallah, mashallah. Safina, you've been on my show before as well, a long time ago. I have. I I remember you. Safina, what's your take on this after you're hearing um, this brother's plight?
11: I haven't heard the full uh, radio show. I won't uh, say anything. One of my colleagues contacted me and she's heard the radio show. And what she suggested is that if the brother um, is able to, or someone on his behalf can attend the office on Monday, willing to assist in challenging any of the decisions and advising on challenging challenging those decisions on a pro bono basis
1: wow okay so if the brother
11: inshallah can come in or someone on his behalf inshallah and we're more than happy to help challenge these decisions what it is sometimes decisions are made the decision maker you have to remember is not the secretary of state herself it's an agent assisting um
1: himself in in this case right how do we get Himself, yes. Yeah, but how do we get this in front of our um, Pakistani quote-unquote Muslim Secretary of State? Because he needs to hear this. When we had this issue with the young toddler who needed his drugs that were based of cannabis. We heard it all over the news, but Brother Gulfaraz Ahmed's story, I know it's been on the radio across the three Brother, counties, it's, but... It's, it's,
11: many, there's many ways. One way would be through the local MP, because obviously if you want to get something through... And Gav-
1: Gavin shukas involved. I mean, Gavin Shuker, mashallah, he's been giving interviews. Um, I've seen him on the press. And it's they're not even listening to the local MP. So what, what what can we do? I mean,
11: the other way is obviously when you have a decision, you have to see that decision is appealable, or if there's an admin review, or potentially a judicial review to challenge a decision. Yeah. Um, by way of cha- judicially challenging a decision is it's it's taking the matter to the court so it becomes to the court's attention, and then obviously having that decision reviewed by the courts. I mean, and Sister
1: got, Safina, we're running out of time, and let's not go through all the technicalities. But are you offering support to? Brother Gulfraz, um, as, as, a, as a gesture of goodwill? Uh,
11: yeah, obviously he's from the community. Masha'Allah. Uh, part of the Muslim Ummah. There's only something that we can do. Um, if he goes in and speaks to Sister Ishrat, she'd be more than happy
1: Jessica to do. Like Amazing. Brother Gulfraz, do you have anything to say? Yeah, I
7: I'm, I'm speechless. Masha'Allah. MashaAllah. Very
1: good. Okay, no problem. Thank you just so keep much. asking
11: Yidawaz, brother. No, just keep asking Yidawaz, brother. Uh, inshallah we will do as much as we can for you inshallah. go for us go
7: ahead you speak go Thank for you. us um i, I honestly cannot say it. um
1: it's don't cry bro it's okay don't you don't need to cry um Masha'Allah, the community is strong um you're a strong brother mashallah you've made it through to 33 years of your life and may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Give you another 33 years. Ameen. Ameen. And Allah give you strength. And here's one thing I'm going to say to all my listeners because the power of the Muslim dua is powerful. And I'm going to ask all the brothers and sisters listening to this now, or if you're reco- listening to a recording, make dua for Brother Gulfraz Ahmed. Because, MashaAllah, just from hearing his voice, um, I can feel his plight, but I can feel that he's got a lot of sabr. He's going through a lot of difficult time and he's showing patience. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continue to give the, you the patience and the strength and the health. Um, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continue to help those who are willing to help you. I mean. Yeah. Alright bro, Jazakallah khair for that. And let me also thank our brother Shakil Shah as well from Liberty Law um coming into the studio to offer advice as well i mean we're all a community and we all need to help each other in these difficult times and i thank um m and as well for giving us the call R- sister ishrat um for calling uh, sister safina to make sure that we can get um you connected go for us, for us do you have any questions about thank where you. to go
7: um no no i i've dealt with as in the past okay uh, alhamdulillah yeah,
1: that's yeah, yeah. great um, well on that note brothers and sisters we're going to leave it at that for this topic. But let me thank everyone for listening. And, um, you know, feel free to send us messages for Gulf Faraz. We'll pass them on to him as well. You can WhatsApp us on 0777-9481-822. Um, and that's it. Thanks, for, thanks, thanks, Gulf Faraz. And thank you, Safina. And uh, Brother Shaquille Shah as well. Jazakallah Thank you. Jazakallah Listeners, this is Friday Night Live. I mean, wow. So up. So it's a
2: amazing, result. right? A amazing result.
1: Amazing, amazing result. result. Um I mean to everyone. Look, this isn't a competition. This is about getting together, got a brother in need. And this is about making sure this is about making sure that we can do the right thing for those in need. And you know what? I'm pretty sure even if Gulfraz wasn't a Muslim, was a non-Muslim, was somebody from the Luton community, I am pretty sure, 99.9, 100% sure actually, 100% sure that we would have got a call in for help as well. So, Indeed. kudos to our community for coming forward and helping, in this case, a, a brother in need. Okay, well, we're going to go to the competition and announce the winners of, uh, winner of the competition. But before we do that, let's just quickly remind you of the voices on Guess The Voice. Here comes voice number one.
4: Allah God shook shukar head. कि ये social media! ना सिर्फ सोशल मीडिया
1: That was voice
5: number one. Let's go to voice number two. उन सब का शुक्रिया अदा करता हूँ कि आप मेरे साथ खड़े रहे। वो एक
1: Okay, we still have our guest in uh, from Shakil Shakil Shah from Liberty Law. Shakil Shah, can you guess voice number one? Yep. Yeah. Go and go for it. Who is it? It's Mariam Nawaz. It's Mariam Nawaz. Well done. And voice number two? Imran Khan Imran Khan, the future PM of Pakistan maybe? We don't know. We'll find out in a few days. We're going to choose the winner now. So Shaquille Shah is going to help us choose the winner. Go for it. And he's just choosing here. You can watch us on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash InspireFMLuton. There's no hanky-panky here. No Pakistani election style. Oh, no, it's Omar. Omar
2: from St. Albans. Omar
1: (laughs) from St. (laughs) (laughs) Albans. Omar from St. Albans. congratulations. You have won a special prize, and we'll be in touch to share that with you. Um, And it's a lovely meal for two at a beautiful Luton restaurant, so congratulations there. If you misguessed the voice... Well, you can tune in next week for another round. But until then, mashallah, what an amazing show. What amazing listeners. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you and your families. Until next week, my name is Abdul Akbar and from Zafarik Iqbal Assalamu alaikum.